This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 39, Connecting Through Storytelling with Heidi Swab. You guys, welcome. It's summertime. It's officially here, everyone. Summertime is here. Probably most of your kids are out for the summer. We are in week four of summer. Beck, how? Who's counting? I know, Why right? are you counting? Do you I know what's funny understand. is I feel like I am so excited for my kids to get out of school every year. Yeah. And um, this year was no different. So excited. We're in now week four of summer, but I feel like we've been on summer break for 15 years. Why? I don't know. What are you I, doing I don't, I don't to your children? <laughs> I don't even need that in a negative way. I'm just like, I just feel like this summer is like, really long and also really short. How's your summer going? How My are summer's things going? so good. Well, you know, I'm just in a kind of a, like a unique place right now because of a lot of different things, the business being one of them, which we've talked about in recent episodes, but also we're in the middle of a move right now. By the time this episode comes out, we actually, we may have an action. Becky, don't give me the luck. I think this might be the eighth you guys, episode. You're like, no. by the time this airs, we're totally going to be in our house. No, but we legitimately have an actual date. I'm not going to say it on air and I'm not going to say it publicly. It's just between you and don't me. Don't you put that no. bad juju in the universe because if you say it, you're not going to move in I until know. you're 75. That's what I'm saying. The last 17 times I told the universe when we were moving in, it didn't the happen. The universe laughed right in your face. Pretty much. You guys, I can't even handle the fact that today we have Heidi Swap on the show. I and just love listen, Heidi. This oh. is not this is not a moment of being starstruck because most of you know that we are personal friends, Heidi and I, and we have been for well, well before Becky Proudfoot was born. So exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, listen, we love each other. Heidi and I have such a great friendship, and we have for so many years. But when's the last time you've seen the two of us like sit in the same spot? That's what I'm so thrilled about is that we actually were able to align the stars and sit in the same room, a hotel n- room, no less. Because hello, hotel confessionals. We are really getting pretty really good, good at, at those. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we'll be introducing Heidi to you if you're not sure who we're talking up here you'll get to know Heidi real quick and if you're not obsessed with her by the end of this hour I don't know who you are because she has the best heart and you will love this conversation which we recorded recently and there's a lot of laughter and the tears are typically from me that's pretty typical but also I think some of you need to have a tissue handy so lots of good Mm -hmm. feelings left and right all over in this conversation but let's first kick it off with a word from this week's sponsor Summer is finally here, and if your house is anything like mine, then you are looking for some fun and inexpensive ways to create awesome memories with your family. We have found a product that is helping families do just that, and we could not be more excited to share this with you guys. Pogo Pass is a year-long membership that provides families a chance to see and do a wide variety of activities, from bowling to sports games to water parks and so much more. Pogo Pass is available in Phoenix, Dallas, San Antonio, Austin, Las Vegas, and Kansas City areas, and we hear they're adding more locations. Here's how it works. You pay one low price and get free admission to multiple activities all year long. You can buy Pogo Pass for the cost of one admission at some of these venues. To learn about what Pogo Pass is offering in your area, go to pogopass.com. Because the people at Pogo Pass are so excited for you to get your hot little hands on passes for your family, they are offering you, our beloved listener, an additional 20% off each pass using the code Becky20. That makes each pass only $39 
$1.98. Guys, make sure you go and get your pass and create those memories with your family. Okay, we've got Heidi Swab in the house for another episode of Hotel Confessionals. Love these episodes because I get to record from my bed. Yeah. So we're both uh, positioned in our own separate beds while Heidi faces us. And we are so (laughs) excited to do this. You guys know, and we've talked about Heidi several times. We've referenced like the fight, her podcast. We've referenced Heidi just as my friend. She's my friend too now. Don't forget. (laughs) And now she's here with us. Thank you for being here, Heidi. Well, it's my pleasure. We're so excited. The only thing missing is like the lights, the the interrogation lights. (gasps) Ooh. We could arrange that. Right, because we are both facing you like (laughs) totally cozied up in our beds. adorable. I did offer for Heidi to come and spoon me, but she respectfully declined the offer. She gave you a look. That's how she responded to that. When I walked into this room... It was freezing, freezing cold. You're and welcome. I, and I was like, is this, a, are you guys having a freeze out? And now I know it's because they're all hunkered down in the bed. We're all hunkered That's down with our out. menopausal bodies <laughs> in the covers. No, it was actually a good strategy so that we could kick the air conditioning off so that that is not distracting. Because you guys know how, um, what is it? Anal retentive yes. Becky is. OCD about the sound quality. So we do our best. Anyway. All right. So we've got Heidi. Um, we've introduced her a little bit before, but let's go ahead and have you, Heidi, introduce yourself in terms of, I just think that there are so many people in both of our respective spheres that overlap. Agree? Right? Sure. Like that's just, yeah. that's the world in which, the industry in which we both have resided for quite a long time, both of us. We're both pioneers in this space, so it's been a lot of fun. We've, we've done some fun. Becky's the pioneer. Basically. That's, that's... <laughs> I think we all know I'm the real pioneer here, okay? So uh, it's, it's, not, okay. it's not mistaken. <laughs> um, but let's go ahead and recap for those of you who not only may not be as familiar with you, but even those who know you really well, when's the last time that maybe they've heard a recap of like this journey? Um, of where you have been within your professional life, especially, and and including the current places that you are right now, like where people find you and what projects you're working on, those sort of things. Back it up. And so is there a time limit for this portion? 70 minutes. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) For the intro. It's it's such a loaded question. Um, I know. When people ask me to introduce myself, I'm always like, which "Um, part of me? Which aspect would you like me to talk about? Because, you know... um, as with all of us, we are all, we all have like a lot of different facets. <laughs> we totally to, do. You to can our take lives. it in so, so many directions just for that point alone. Yeah. Um, you know, just because I'm sitting here in a hotel room with Becky Higgins, um, I think that maybe I, I'll kind of start there a, a little bit on, on how we're connected and, yes. and who, so who I am from maybe that standpoint. Um, because Becky, Higgins, how do you guys do this with the two right? Becky things? Just like, come on, just say Becky. It out. All right, all right. We figure and it out. You guys can just okay. Anyway, um, I know it's so. Confusing. I just pretend they're always talking about me, and then <laughs> works so out. So we're recording here in Salt Lake, which is where I'm from. Yeah, and um, so I grew up here, and then. Also, I, I also went to college here. My husband and I got married here. We've been married for almost 25 years. This year is our 25 years. That's amazing. Which is exciting. It's a huge landmark. I like to establish my age. I'm 47 years old. Good. Get it, girl. And Get it. I just think that, you know, um, then you should respect me. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've earned I some that. level of, of um, I do respect you. Achievement. Not because of your age, but I do respect because, so you. So I am the eldest woman in the room. You I are. am you the, are five years That my makes senior. me the matriarch here in this room. But anyway, no. <laughs> um, so I have five children. My oldest child, 21, and my youngest is 11. So there's a 10-year gap. And, um, and that's an interesting, a 10 year, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. That's kind of an interesting, um, dynamic in our, in our family. Um, we have lived in a lot of places. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now we actually do live here in Utah and, and and some of your living has been out of the country. And so that's really, that's, Hey, I didn't even know that. Oh yeah. So we started our marriage here. We -hmm. were here finishing school. We lived in Canada, Vancouver, British Columbia, um, and then when my oldest was 10, we packed up all five of our kids, my youngest being six months old and, or six weeks old, and we moved to Beijing, China. No big deal. Wow. Yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of intense. Wild um, ride for the swaps. It was awesome though. Whew. That 18 months that we were in China are my, are my favorite 18 months of my entire really? life. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Fantastic. And came home. Lost the house, lost everything. It was not awesome, mm-hmm. but um, but I would do it again. It was fantastic. Can you? Can I interrupt with a question? Yeah. Are you able to identify something specific about what it was that was your life and your family's life in Beijing that could possibly be something that you might be able to re-encapsulate again? No, because there's Target here. There's <laughs> <laughs> no really when we're like, in China, like you know nothing some, yeah. else mattered. Okay, there you go. Then so that's it was the just thing. that central nothing focus. Nothing else on, mattered. Yeah. Like it yeah. didn't matter. The home decor didn't matter because that there was go. an option. Your car didn't matter because one option. You know, like there nothing else mattered, and mm-hmm. so we just lived in this amazing bubble. And we met amazing friends that we connected with because we were English speaking and we explored the most, like China, fascinating. Yeah. Absolutely culturally fascinating. And we just, we loved it. So that was awesome. Amazing. So you did answer the question, whether you realize it or not, because it was the point that nothing else mattered. Yeah. And that if, if any of us could strip that part away from our lives, which most of us that's just not real because of the choices that we made. I still, I can't do it. You can't replicate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my kids went to Chinese school. Mm-hmm. Instead of an American school. Yeah. They learned, my three oldest kids learned how to speak Chinese. Amazing. And um, just, you know, I can remember when we came home and they were going back to school for like the first day of their, uh, first day of school back home here in the U.S. And I was like, I remember saying to my daughter, Quincy, are you nervous? And she's like, no, they speak English here. You know, and so it really, for my kids, it became this benchmark of they could do hard things. Absolutely. They just weren't afraid. Mm. So it was, it was good. Really good experience. experience. Yeah. Yeah. Then you came back, some things went awry. Things went awry, and that is the theme of my life. Things going awry. Um, I'm not laughing because it's funny. Just because you know, because I know, and I know also just man. When I think of Doctor Sis's, oh, the places you will go, and I think of Heidi Swap in that context, like forget it, forget about geography. (laughs) Oh, the places you have been, like really in your life, the experiences that you have had, the 
the refiner's fire in your life has been burning strong in a lot of different directions, right? So your path is taking you a lot of places geographically, but also in your experiences. And then, um, and then scrapbooking became a part of your story. Yeah, for somewhere sure. along the way, for sure. Um, and and that's kind of where Becky enters in. Um, I was always a scrapbooker. Mm-hmm. And quick re- recap on scrapbooking: when I was born, there were scrapbooks. My there were scrapbooks of my parents' courtship. There were scrapbooks about my parents when they were young. So both sides of my family scrapbookers. Super cool. And um, I didn't know people didn't scrapbook. I really believed everybody was scrapbookers. And Mm -hmm. so it was just part of our family culture. And um, when I was 12 years old, my my brother, my little brother, who was third of four kids, passed away in an accident. Mm -hmm. And it was devastating for our family. And um, as a 12-year-old, oldest child, I kind of, as my mom was struggling, I kind of just like stepped in and I remember just being very, you know, concerned about her, Totally. but I won't forget. I I don't forget the day that she came home um, from Hallmark with a big album and a bag full of Mrs. Grossman stickers. Hmm. And um, on the dining room, the dining room became a scrapbook table for one year. And that was really unusual for my mom. My mom was very organized clean everything has its place so the fact that she allowed the very center of our home which was the dining room to be um, a complete disaster Mm -hmm. for an entire year full of photos and stickers and um and what was interesting about that there wasn't a time frame she worked on it as she could um but having those photos and stories that that was how our family dealt um, he never was left out of conversations. We talked about him. That was allowed. We laughed and we cried. And and I remember being jealous of that scrapbook. Like, I wanted a scrapbook of my whole life. You know, it was yeah. awesome. And we loved it. And for my entire life, that scrapbook sat on the coffee table in our living room. Wow. It was his position. Um, he was not left out of a conversation when we met new people, they got to learn about him. What? Hey, there's no Kleenexes here. I, <laughs> nope, I feel like that you don't is even my know. My bad. Oh, she's gonna reach for whatever <laughs> Look, she I can find. Them. This could go really bad. <laughs> I really love that because I feel like that that documenting kept kept his presence in your lives, right? Well, and and, and really helped him. in the healing. Absolutely, in the healing process. Him. Like your mom. That's kudos amazing. To your mom for making that a priority and creating that which was not just a gift for herself which you and I know intimately how much documenting and preserving of memories and and photographs is a powerful healing tool it's a powerful coping mechanism it's powerful um in terms of being therapeutic and all of those things but a gift for the whole family is what that ended up being that's incredible all of our kids know his name is Quinn yeah and um very a very special but also very pivotal point in my life um to my core it was important to me stories were important and so I was a scrapbooker it wasn't um I didn't know about acid free I didn't care I was also a Mrs. Grossman sticker collector don't you mind don't mind me like I had the amazing collection yeah 
Um, Same. <laughs> and um, so when I was in high school, it didn't matter. And then on into, um, I served a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I served in Portugal. And, um, and that was for 18 months, right? Well, ooh, it should have been. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I didn't know this. When I was out for 11 months, I got hit by a car. Heidi. <gasps> what? How did I not know this? It was a massive accident. And my leg, um, my leg was broken straight in half, like dangling. Oh, awesome! Yeah, my and gosh. Um, <laughs> I did not know this. You didn't know no. this about me. I mean, I have. I mean, awesome... listen, we've known each other a long time, and my memory is not the very. <laughs> well, best. I'm glad that so if you I know? had scrapbooked it, I'm not going to probably <laughs> right? remember it. <laughs> no, I don't remember yeah. this at so, all. So quick, you know. Um, oh. I'm living in Portugal. And four-lane highway, I was crossing with somebody who we were teaching. I had a brand-new companion that I was training. And um, I managed to push the woman that we were teaching out of the way in the nick of time. Mm. And I got and I got hit. And so oh um, I had to have surgery. And then I got a very significant staph infection that almost took my leg. And so oh I was gosh. in the hospital um, for a total in Portugal, in Portugal for right. a total okay. of six weeks trying to get the infection under wow. control. Wow! No, I think to myself, you guys, if this had been my child, oh man, oh. I, I don't like. How did my mom not come? I, it was just it's crazy. So um, I was there for four more months, and my bone would not heal because the infection was just really hmm. tough. Anyway, blah blah blah. I came home. And my husband and I got engaged right away. And strangely enough, okay, this story could go on for a really long time. Oh, quickly. I'm sure. So <laughs> I love we, it. Um, we'd been dating. So we started dating when I was a senior in high school. And he served a mission, and then I served a mission. And then so it was five years, and we got married. Got you. And um, moved to Canada. And um, for all kinds of this would be a totally another different podcast, but I had infertility issues mm-hmm. and um, I lost a portion of my reproductive system in this whole process and um, was told I wouldn't have kids. And so we um, were kind of going with the flow, didn't know if, if we would or if we wouldn't, and it took us a while, it took us four years, and then, and then Colton came and... Um, Anyway, he's, he's my oldest. He's my 21-year-old. He's the one that just came home from a mission. He was serving in Japan. Um, and he was born with a, with a birth defect that, I, that we weren't expecting. Mm-hmm. And um, he was born with a condition that's called hemifacial microtia. And that means that the left side of his face is underdeveloped. And he also doesn't have an ear and um, has an... an uh, it's an underdeveloped jaw and sinuses, everything on his on his face. So um, he's just preparing to go under a very extensive, full scale facial reconstructive surgery. So wow, twenty one years so in exciting. the making. So yeah. and scary and phenomenal that we live in an age where that's yeah. even an option. Yeah. Um, did he have other surgeries as a kid? No. Oh, so this is the first this because he mm-hmm. was able to fully function. Yeah. And cause he really, he just had to, to finish growing. Yeah. Right. Okay. So it's just, you know, when we talk about the journeys, like, um, nothing has, has just gone <laughs> as 
simply according to plan, right? No. And so um, I have this all well documented in my scrapbooks. Yeah, you do. And um, scrapbooking at a very young age. So when I had this baby, I was actually living in Canada. We moved to Arizona. And my cousin and I loved to scrapbook. And my cousin um, was taking this magazine, the Creating Keepsakes magazine. She'd always tell me about it. But I didn't need a magazine to tell me how to scrapbook. Like, I just did freeform. (laughs) You did you. Yeah, you did. And um, Who needs those stupid magazines? At the time, (laughs) I had a $25 a month budget. And um, I got to go to the scrapbook store once a month. It was very exciting. This is in Arizona, um, right? This is in Arizona. Uh-huh. And I got to, so my husband would take the baby without fail. It was a big know. deal. And, it, it and was you a had big the allotted deal. budget. So like, yeah, it was, and that I used that month? money very oh, wisely. I'm you sure know. you did. Goes fast at the scrapbook store. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, my cousin was a fan of the magazine, big fan of Becky Higgins. And by reading the journaling through the magnifying glass was able to discern that Becky was moving back to her area from wherever you'd been at medical yeah, school. Yeah, I was in Utah. Actually, David and I were going to school. Oh, okay. Right? And so we were on our way. We had we were finishing, graduating, and we were headed to Arizona for medical school. That was the context. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. So um, <laughs> love this. Nancy called information, 411. <laughs> she sure did. That is awesome. Becky's phone number. Uh-huh. Calls her up yeah. and says, I'm a big fan. And if you know Nancy, if Nancy's listening, she gushes. She is the number one best cheerleader gusher. And and just like, we'll just tell you how much she loves you with zero shame, with zero reserve. And just, I mean, I'm sure Becky just got an ear full and they became friends. That's the thing. It's weird, right? It's kind of a weird thing. But when she called me, you guys, so this doesn't happen. This doesn't happen these days. This is 21 years ago. Yeah, this sure is. This is a long time ago. I'm glad you did the math. Way to go. Well, Colton was... <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 of course. Cause, Maybe four yeah. months old. Yeah. But she called me and she's like, my name is Nancy. I know you don't know me, but I'm a big fan and I just love you. And I read in your journal, like just like you said. And, and on the other end, you would think I would be like, you are crazy, and I don't know how you got my number. But please never call me, and I'm calling to get it unlisted right now. Because <laughs> nowadays we have DMs, right? If you really yeah. want to like reach out to somebody, that is the you know that's the the normal way to do it, I guess. Anyway, so she calls me, and my response was not being freaked out. I was really flattered, but more than flattered, I was really um, captivated by Nancy. Becky invited her over. <laughs> To her house. Sure did. Wow. So I'm like, yeah, come on over. Bring your husband. Bring your little sweet Emily girl. And I'm writing this new book. I'm writing a book. And And can I I take photos of her and then scrapbook your photos? (laughs) You know what? Good for all of you. I seriously love people like Nancy, though. I don't know Nancy, but hearing how she is. Because I think everybody who knows her loves her. Uh, For sure. And I think we have this serious lack of like... When we think good things about other people or we like see something yes. awesome in other people, I think it's so awesome when people who feel that have the courage to be like, and that's I just Nancy. wanted to let you that's know no what fear. you're doing is awesome. I see you and good for you and you're great. Yes. Because I see things like that all the time in other people and I try to be I good about vocalizing it. Right? Right? <laughs> right? I would have been intimidated or... Yeah. 
yeah. you know, whatever. No, we that, need a few more Nancy's. really, really good about that. And yet that's why I think Heidi, you're validating me. She would love Nancy. Nancy would love her because they have that similar quality. And there's no fear in reaching out in love. There's yeah. no fear in mm-hmm. just saying to other, especially other women, like, you're amazing and I love you. So that's what that's what Nancy did. I actually yeah. I, it was a very reciprocal. And so then what happened? Like it was oh so then we so Nancy and I became friends. I didn't know of you. I think she right. might have mentioned that she had a cousin that scrapbooks and that's fine, but like there was no connection yet. But then was it um when I started doing those like gatherings at my house and yeah. Nancy was coming? Yeah, and Nancy said, Why don't you come out and go scrapbooking and, and it was an hour and a half drive. Yeah. To get because I was like the very, very south end of the greater Phoenix area, and Becky and Nancy were at the very, very north end totally as far away in the valley in the Phoenix area that you could possibly get from one another. I was eight and a half months pregnant with Courtney. Why did you come? (gasps) Oh, do you remember? Like, why? Because I'm crazy because I like to scrapbook. That's true because it's Heidi because I don't sleep, you know, (laughs) whatever. And so, and so I got in my car. Um, I was thrilled. So I, so Corey is my second oldest child and I was pregnant, really pregnant. And, um, I drove with all my crap, you know, I loaded (laughs) up my stuff, went out to Becky's house and I stayed the entire night. She sure did. Full scale all nighter. All night. Wait, like till the dawn? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Are you guys serious? Totally. I didn't didn't even know that. You guys are wild. (laughs) An all night scrapbook (laughs) marathon. (laughs) That is so great. We just, I don't even think I scrapbooked one ounce. Yeah, I I was so, I was just like, it, it was a whole different style. First of all, I'd never made a double page layout. That's right. I Do you know I, that I never... don't even know what that means? Okay, I know. But <laughs> are you so talking picky. about Let like define this thing side by side? Is yeah. that like okay? Side by side, so, it, like, looks so it looks like good. one. Okay. Yeah, so no, anyone that knows that. Heidi and knows me, and we and you know that we, and besides being friends, that we honor each other's like, like thing. Extreme and how differences. Different we are. Yes. <laughs> and so Heidi's coming from this world of like totally free like whatever and it's on a page and i'm very methodical like two-page spread because if you're looking at a page you're looking at the one next to it had never even crossed my mind never (laughs) would have crossed my clearly i didn't even know what you meant no you don't have to (laughs) so yeah so that was like i spent that night looking at becky's scrapbooks and just being like oh wait you're supposed to make it look good no Because in my oh family, my it was gosh. just like plunk the photos on the page, and and I, you know, I was a little more creative than that. But if you see my pre Becky Higgins pages, it's pretty awesome. Do you want to oh. hear my crowning jewel scrapbook memory? Because I joke about not scrapbooking. I totally used to scrapbook, but um, I made this page, and I was so proud of myself. Where I I made the layout. It was a twelve by twelve, and I put a Christmas tree like made a little freeform Christmas tree and then I cut <laughs> circles of everyone's faces. I love it. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, and yes. I made them ornaments. Oh, bless you. Oh, we'll put it in show notes. Oh, please, let Because oh, I was, and so I looked good. at that page and I was like, yes, <laughs> I oh, yeah. am amazing at this. <laughs> well, I don't even remember what we talked about so much that night. I re- Do you? I don't. It was scrapbooking, right? Here's what like, I remember. Oh, Good. Inside Becky's office, I'd never seen an office like this. The level of organization. I am the antithesis, whatever that word is, 
of organization. And and I'm not shy about that. And you can come right on over to my house and I'll prove it. Right, right. Um, Becky had every pen, <laughs> colored pen, completely organized, labeled, and then like sheets of paper that would doc- document the pen color. Like, I mean, the level of organization is so high. But that wasn't what so that wasn't easy. what traumatized me. The thing that traumatized me <clears throat> was that she would. Do you remember those like back of the toilet tear off Mary Inglebright? Oh heck, calendars yeah. like oh, yeah. one quote a day. Mm. Oh yes. yeah. Becky had those organized by topic <laughs> in her filing cabinet. What? I don't even know why, but I was Becky, like, that's I, next level. It's so precious. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. I just, my whole life, I just ripped it off and threw it away. That Who would even like know? Borderline organized. <laughs> I to organize these. It was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys. The question, hold on, Beck. I have a question. Please, no, In your organized hoarding, do you still have the files of the ripped off calendars? The answer is I'll keep it clean on the show. Heck to the no. I do not. I've let all of that go. But at the time, and we laugh about it. Like, seriously, my head hurts because I'm laughing so hard over here with your recollections of what my life used to be like. Um, I am an innately organized person. I embrace that as much as you embrace your, like, chaotic, artistic, like, you know. Except that yours is admirable. Okay, anyway, keep going. Keep going. Oh, dude, don't even get me started. The admiration that we all have for your level of creativity is far. It doesn't matter, right? Like, we're all different. But, um, but no, I don't. It's not, that's not a value to me anymore. But it was at the time. And I love what I did and how I did it. Yeah, in that it was season. awesome. I, it was I really, awesome. It, yeah. she, Becky was very inspiring to me. I had a, a lot of light bulb moments and it did. It affected the way that I scrapbooked and the way that I documented and the way that I photographed. And it was good. It was really, um, it was really good for me. And obviously Becky was someone I was supposed to meet. And that's how I feel. And the connection was good. And it was immediate. That's why she stayed all night. <laughs> that's why she pulled an all-nighter. She pulled uh, an all-nighter. I mean, do you even remember? Did David come home that night from school? Like, I, don't I don't remember. I don't husbands. have a lot, a ton of, I mean, <laughs> we got together point. socially several other we times. Did. We did, And yeah. so I know, you know, I know David and, um, and admire his high level of organization as well <laughs> you guys are just I like just a sometimes heaven want to be a fly on the wall of their like pillow, pillow talk, talk and oh, thinking like becky we've got to talk about how to organize the post-its oh, stop, like this stop. i just remember this needs to get under there control. was a point that they were having this really major life discussion about switching their <laughs> disney vcr <laughs> Library to Disney DVD. Don't stop library. It. It's too much. Stop it. It's too much. And they were having to talk about how they were going to transition. This was an important life transition, and they wanted to make sure they laid the groundwork oh for a lasting. I just forgot that. I would just think I don't. I don't even. I, oh, what's happening? I'm gonna die. David's gonna love hearing all of this. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, anyway, okay. we've got I to digress. Like, keep going. No, this is so good. This I love is it. So good. And this is the origins of. I mean, like to fast forward. 
you know, many uh, years later, because we both ended up having a working relationship with American Crafts, which I is know. a company. Who would have thought that? Yeah. Whoever, who would have ever thought? Because they've been around longer than you and I were personal brands. But, yeah. you know, but anyway, but um, that's kind of, you know, we've had these parallel lives within this industry because then what ended up happening for well for me I was already with creating keepsakes I was their creative editor you guys know my story um that we've shared here and that you probably just would know if you've already been following but um but that was like where it became kind of full circle is because then it it was it the um what was that contest called was it that yeah, the uh, I I scrap, won the Scrapbooker Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. <gasps> You're a Hall of Famer. Was I was. Famer. 2000. Oh. Way to go. It was yeah. a good year. Was it in the year 2000? Yeah. Dude, we are so old. It like, was good. Is Just to really it's put this year. in perspective, do you know what year I graduated high school? Oh, oh boy. No. Here we go. The year 2000. Oh, that's oh, precious. It's a special year. <laughs> I already had, you know. I was pregnant with Quincy yeah. when that happened. Yes. And the only reason why I did that contest is because I wanted the $500 because I wanted a camera. There you oh, go. that's so cool. I took that money mm-hmm. and bought a camera at Costco. And I started to learn photography from Allison Tyler Jones, mm-hmm. who I still continue to worship. And um, anyway, so scrapbooking at that time, huge part of my life, um, where Becky was kind of in the editorial aspect, I moved into product development. I worked at um, Making Memories. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I remember And then that. I went on to have my own brand with Advantis. Mm-hmm. And um, the ups and downs and ins and outs are fascinating. And then um, five years ago is where when I landed at American Crafts, which is where I am right now. And, and um, I have insurance something. and a W-2. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And, and good night. <laughs> um, we, Be- the Becky Higgins brand partnered with American Crafts. Oh, gosh. I don't before even... me. Was it before you? Okay, thank you. Because I About couldn't even remember. About six months, maybe. Oh, so just that's, man, that was a big time for American Crafts. Really big. Like, they were really yep. getting serious about their collaborative efforts. So American Crafts, which has been around forever. And so my my um, relationship with them is licensing and distribution. Like, they took over what David and I were like, Pfft, no, thank you. And that's yeah. been a blessing. We're still partnered with them in that way. But that's so it's all the physical production of everything Project Life. They really stepped in and took over. And that is literally the way that our physical product that we created got into all the retail stores. It was amazing. So and then so our our relationship, yours and mine with American Crafts is a little different. Um, but your brand and my brand have both been connected to American Crafts, which has meant that that was a very easy transition for us to as as friends but also as professional collaborators to go well here's a good idea and so then when i i don't know a few years ago whenever it was we did a handful of co-branded heidi swap with project life those are some of my daughter's favorite oh we have so many heidi swap project life products they are lucy's fave yeah they're so good loves them yeah that was that was good that was, was a good experience. that was really a good experience. And but you know, it doesn't take long for things to evolve, evolve, evolve for both you and for me. And so maybe a good way to kind of we we have, we have an actual topic 
that Heidi's gonna also <laughs> and so and that'll this be in part all, two we're gonna talk about oh how gosh. to organize your pens just in case of an emergency <laughs> right just in case the apocalypse yes. comes. Just you gotta case, know where, where that need... lavender that shade yeah. of lavender you guys you know, shade 11 you all day long but you know the joy that I feel when I am organized it, it's not about pens anymore, but it's, it's about, about snacks or snacks or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, be, it's about podcast outlines, which we don't have one for today. Of course, we kind of threw that out the window, didn't we? You know what? We kind of did. Who needs we them? do us. <laughs> we That's just right. do us. Okay. So where are you today? Like what are your professionally speaking? What are the Heidi Swap projects and things going on and where people can find you? And then let's dive in and talk about other stuff although this has been just as valuable <laughs> and entertaining um so things so in in a lot of respects things are not a lot different um i still develop creative products that you can use in scrapbooking and also card making or home decor it, mostly paper-based products mm-hmm. but a few other things um my products can be found at michael's and at joanne sometimes at hobby lobby um the pendulum kind of swings between those and then also in independent stores that are actually all over the world mm-hmm. um which is a, a fun part of working with american crafts absolutely um <clears throat> and then i also okay so scrapbooking was my hobby and photography was my hobby and then all of a sudden it became a business which is a passion and it's fun but you still need a hobby and right. so um and so a few years ago almost uh i would say almost 4 years ago no 3 years ago i bought a really large wood cutting machine you sure did and um <laughs> it's spectacular uh-huh. <laughs> so in th- those of you who have a cricket or a silhouette it's basically that just four feet by eight feet and you can cut wood and um that became my hobby and I rent a little space that is I actually don't know how big it is but it's big enough to house that and now I have actually like a full-scale work um wood shop with band saws and Mm. table saws and chop saws and everything and you guys like I didn't know this was born out of like an interest in having a hobby like yeah, that's, so I that's just, why you initiated that? So I have severe ADD, right? And so you would know that just by looking at my product line and my life. I just, <laughs> and, and I consider it a superhero, a super power. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just get very distracted and I find myself being way more focused when I have a lot of things to focus on, which doesn't make any sense, but it it's how to. I work. Yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to. And so I don't see anything linear in my head. I don't see any list in any lines. I only see very, very scattered fragments. I'm only laughing. I know, right? You know We've I'm had this conversation. You know I'm laughing because of how, how like, I can't function. Yeah. I can't even function if my tabletop isn't clean and my list isn't made. Like, Which is I, why I continue to walk into areas of my house and I just think to myself... This would never happen in Becky Higgins' house <laughs> because I, I honestly, like, the level of chaos, oh. the lack of routine, the lack of planning that encompasses my life is so high level. If 
if Becky is at one end of the spectrum, I am l- quite literally at the very, very I other end. I think I'm less structured than you think I am. That is a conversation for another day. Okay. I really do think You'll that have that to really prove that to me. Especially lately. <laughs> Especially lately, right? Like, you, could, you guys know. Okay, so, <clears throat> so, so you found this hobby then outside of, like, scrapbooking as a career was really fulfilling and fun. And it just brings me tons of joy to be creative in that aspect. That's so fun. There's no rules. There's no deadlines except for now. Um, I work there with my oldest son, and he sort of holds me accountable. Yeah. Um, but I do whatever I want, and it is so fun. And usually what happens is I make something that I want. For example, a mm-hmm. tabletop donut wall. Bam. I love I those. Just wanted Which is super cute. You guys can see a donut it on your wall. Instagram. Yeah. And I really right? only wanted it because I was hosting classes, and we like to have treats. And so I made one. And, and now we sell them. <laughs> it's a little Stop out of control. It. It's Stop out of control. It. How many? They're for sale. Yes. <laughs> Where can people find them? You know that that's going to be a question that's popping up in someone's mind oh, right this my second. Gosh. Where are these found? So Hello Heidi Shop. Go to, and so that little hobby is called Hello Heidi Wall Art. Okay. Hmm. And now it's also known as Colton's College Fund. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, because we made the decision that we're not, we're not going to, pay for our kids um educations yeah so very cool wait did you say where to find it is that a website or hello heidi shop is is the the website and instagram is hello heidi waller and you can find it if you go to just heidi swap you can link to it through my profile and stuff like that but um but it's pretty funny it's a thing and um so that kind of thing like I never would have been like, oh, you know what I'm going to make is donut walls. <laughs> I just made like one, and then three people asked me for one, and yeah. then seven people asked me for one, and then I thought, I should put this up on the shop. Like, this is how I work. I of don't course. plan anything, yeah. so it's awesome. <laughs> um, I love that so And much. we will be at Swiss Days in September. Swiss Days is a, an event in Utah, right? It's a huge kind of boutique event. And um, it's in Heber, Utah, okay. and it's the last weekend of August, oh, I bet and it is so a nice. big freaking deal. Aww. So I've um, never been, Heidi. Like maybe I should go. I know I've Have never you? been either. And Ooh. I like I we lived in Utah I'm for a short you people, time. Like, yeah, she's giving us a look. Okay, so how about we make it a goal to come to Swiss Days? It's it's fantastically you had her at scones, right? Well, it's not just scones, but it's also homemade raspberry jam. But anyway, oh (gasps) come on, long. I mean, a lot of people come. This place lights up, and the and you have to get accepted to be a vendor there. Okay, and in fact, I was accepted um, three years ago. Actually, it'll be four years ago and not accepted for the last three years and just accepted no again. No way. Yeah. So it's really like yeah. the donut wall brought is, you home. Uh, it could, yeah, it might be the donut wall. Um, but wow, it's just, it's it's interesting. So really cool stuff. Everything is, is handmade. Yeah. Um, and so I don't, I won't be there selling my, my product that you would buy at Michael's or whatever. Um, it's all these wood products. Things. decor <laughs> it will mostly be halloween and christmas it's gonna be decor. amazing so, okay and really i have to tell you heidi might remember this so kind of when i came into this world and started being active on social media i f- i don't even know how i found you but the first one of the first things was a story heidi was doing on her instagram about this new the new halloween product that she had coming out <laughs> and if you know me i'm like 
borderline obsessed with you Halloween. You love Halloween. I so love, I think you, it's because Heidi. it's I like, I love Halloween. Yeah, the both. first in the holiday season living in Arizona, it's kind of like the, do you want to know why I like line? it? Yeah. Why? There's no meal. <gasps> well, that actually I have sense. a meal. Well, you can have a meal, but I don't. I don't. I am strictly candy. My meal was one that I inherited from my husband's traditions. He was like, he demands very little out of me, like literally nothing. But by golly, there will be chili on Halloween. Yes, like there's no, there's no negotiating that one. But I saw these things and I was like, I've never seen any Halloween decor like this. And this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. So I left. And I went to like several Joann's to get like every single piece <laughs> of these signs she has that have these amazing, like, what are they called? The lights that lights run through lights. them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's much like fun. this tube of light that goes into your wood. Oh, the, the neon. Yeah. The neon. They're, you make like these neon. Anyway, I, I DM'd Heidi like They're eight so times great. and I'm like, They're I so love great. this so much. Yeah. You just changed my life with this oh, Halloween decor. I, I love it so much. that you had reached out to her. And Heidi was so sweet and didn't think I was a nut job. And said, oh, thank you. No, I, I love it. I love all the conversations that come in. I don't love Halloween the way that you guys do. And we're still friends. Thank it's you. fine. Right? And every time you remind me of that, I like it's put like, it on my to-do list of like convert Becky convert to holidays. I, I just have like all these phobias about Christmas. It's never going to be. It's never going to be good enough. It's never going to be pure enough. It's never going to be stress-free enough i mean this actually makes a lot of sense it just like, really emotionally and psychologically i don't like I'm it not because it's funny but like even more so why you love halloween so much because just the no meal aspect that's a legitimate reason to love halloween and free candy Duh. stop it who yeah. doesn't love that right all right? day long so plus okay. i kind of like to scare the neighbors anyway so <laughs> wood shop like so now people know where the- so yeah so i've got the wood shop so heidiswap.com yes and my Heidi Swap Instagram, and I also have like um, an Instagram that is really only my products. What's that? Which one? is called it's so it's at Heidi Swap Shop. Okay. And um, my Instagram is a mixed bag, and Preach. I have some issues <laughs> about that. Issues in a good way, or issues in a well, you know, I I, mean, I am jealous of people who just have like a nice streamlined. Are you though? Instagram. Yeah. Is it really jealousy? Beautiful ones. I, yeah, I love beautiful not, feeds. Yeah, I do too. But like, if Mine's that's never going to look like that. It's never going to be all edited to be like the same color tones. Mm-mm. Basically, I don't have a photographer. Basically, why should, why should your I mean, Instagram- I do have a photographer, but not one that like follows me around and I don't coordinate my outfits. Right. You know, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I know. And I, I have some guilt associated with that. Like I think to myself, why don't I have a beautiful feed hmm. because on one minute I'm talking about adding gold foil to wedding invitations. The next minute I'm talking about pornography addiction. And yep. frankly, I feel bad for people who follow me. Really though? Oh no, no. <laughs> really? Let me tell you the perspective from just, the outside though. Uh, like I know about and, and what we're talking about is there's, there's different matrix you can kind of adhere to on your feed. So it looks very uniform and very clean. Um, I've actually tried to do that on mine. Like I have a matrix I use. It never works because if I don't have like three posts in between graphics and sometimes I have something really important I want to say (laughs) and I'm like, but wait a minute, I don't have an opportunity till next Thursday because I have to have the matrix. And so I finally totally threw that out. And because... Your feed is a reflection of you. I love your feed. I never once have looked at your feed and been like, oh, it's so disorganized. Instagram strategy. Yeah. 
There in the morning, one. when I wake up at 7 a.m., uh-huh. I flick through my feed <laughs> and pick something, and I talk about it. Like, Beautiful. honestly, I do not, ha- I don't put anything into a planner. I should. This no, is, you should I mean, it would be really responsible of Can me. Can I but, get on a soapbox for a moment? Yeah. Can I share my opinion about that? Yeah. Um, this, this is a, you know, I, I, is this a two part like podcast episode? (laughs) Okay. No, this is so good. I have actually have a question as I'm listening to you talk. I think I want to know how I want to like wrap this all up and like bring it in. Oh, really? So you just get ready. So I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Say your thought and then I'm going to. My Instagram anecdotal opinion is that, um, to each their own, of course. Right. So when I think of those beautiful curated feeds, I don't, I don't feel jealous. That's why I said, are you sure it's jealousy? Yeah, I'm I don't feel jealous. I feel like good for them, right? They're, they're on brand. They've got it looking cohesive. That's amazing. I'm going to do me. You do you. Like, of course, we all understand that we're all adult enough to know, like, like, come on, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be jealous. I'm shaking my I finger. Know, at Heidi. I know. Having said that. Except for I'm still a girl. <laughs> if, if I may, I think that there are too many professionals, um, but grown women in particular, who are putting too much thought into something that really in the grand scheme of things just isn't worth the stress that we cause ourselves when we get all worked up about what we think we should or should not be doing. And what I'm talking about is all of it. I mean, like when we post, how we post, how Mm -hmm. it looks, what's the strategy. And I, and I feel that way now, which is different than a couple of years ago. And there was a season, there was a time, my team will tell you, back me up on this, that we were posting nine posts a day. Not, I, I probably, good, you know I probably would have unfollowed you, that, to be quite I know, honest. I know, right? That's a lot. That's and that's fine. And I probably lost followers. I also gained followers because right. there was a strategy in that, blah, blah, blah. My point is, is I have truly gotten to the point right now. I'm a mixed bag, just like you are, of course. I'm talking about things all over the place. And, and quite frankly, we haven't talked about this, but do you get criticism for the way you post and what you post and what you don't post? And uh, I do. You don't? I totally no. do. And people have an opinion about what they think I should or should not be doing. And it's okay. It's really okay. I'm just going to do whatever comes up, you know, and it's not planned. It's not strategized. I actually am the same as you right now. Kind of wake up and go, well, I What's think on my mind today, you know, the last part of my story, and I know you want to wrap it up and, um, just the, the last part of my story is that, you know, in me, like living this very, you know, not a perfect life, but telling my story, um, and thinking that I was, doing, you know, feeling like I was doing my best. My family was important to me. I was running my business. I was following my passion and, um, and really having fun. Like I'm a fun, I, I like, I'm a fun lover. Totally. And, um, in 2015, so we're talking almost four years ago, we, we lost my second oldest son, Corey, to suicide when he was 16. And, um, and it was just a gigantic blow. And, um, I thought that I had a good family, you know, and, and in my mind, if, if somebody was suicidal, if there was a suicide, that meant that things were not good, you know? And, um, and obviously all I could think was that there, I I wondered if people were thinking there must be something going on in that household that I, that is obviously on the scrapbook pages. It's not on the social media, right? You know, you're hiding something, and um, and and so basically, uh, I had, I, 
I got bucked off, off the horse r- really hard. And I didn't, I didn't want to tell that story, right? I'd always told the stories, um, most of the stories, you know. And, and I can remember when my, when my son passed away, I, I sat in that hospital room because I had about 24 hours with him and, and he, he was um, being sustained by machines and my husband was traveling back from where he had been and <clears throat> I was trying to think of a story to tell, hmm. a lie that would make this seem reasonable, a story that I could actually scrapbook or tell somebody um, and it took me a full 24 hours to make the decision that I was going to tell that story. Even though I thought that everybody was going to come at me and be like, oh, some kind of mom you are. Right. You know, like, what's really going on? Or good moms don't lose their kids to suicide. And it looked from the outside like you had this, air quotes, perfect family. From these photos, from these scrapbook pages... Look how perfect you were. And now you're telling us this, you know, and I was so afraid. Um, but the opposite happened. And when I told the story, and as I continue to tell the story, nothing but love and support comes back in the biggest, most imag- unimaginable way that I could ever imagine. I mean, I, like I said, I couldn't have imagined I, this. <laughs> I never would have imagined any of this. And so I think the most biggest, most important thing, like if, as, as we talk about like, oh, when my little brother died and, and this scrapbook healed us and, and kept his memory alive. And when Nancy reached out to Becky and said, I, I'm a fan of yours and I want to know you in real life. And when Becky brought people in and said, let's scrapbook together and let's tell our stories. We became connected in a way that you don't get connected with anybody else. Not just because it's 3 a.m., but also because it's 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Also because it's 3 a.m. Yes. But when you are sitting in a group of group and people have photos of the things that they love most mm-hmm. and they're laughing and they're showing each other the photos and they're telling the behind the scene, the behind the scrapbook stories, this connection is real and it's validating and it's where you're like, oh, me too. Me too. Even when you're like Becky and I and you're on the absolute opposite ends of the spectrum, Becky and I can sit there and say, me too, because we know the story, because the story connects. And it doesn't have to be beautiful stories or curated stories. It doesn't even have to be fantastically photographed stories. And I know for a fact that there are photos in Becky's scrapbook that's like, a blurry photo and she'll like be like well this was intentionally because yeah, you know <laughs> and she'll like tell you why that this blurry crappy photo got in there but because it told a story doesn't have to be perfect the mm-hmm. story is there and and i think that right here which isn't exactly the topic that that we planned on visiting about but the essence of scrapbooking is that it connects Number one, it connects you to you. And it's it's so undervalued it connecting is. you to you. Looking at this photo and saying, this is me, 
Good, bad, or ugly, this is me. And it took a lot for me to get here. And I'm going to honor that. And this is my life. And it might not be perfect. But it's mine. And I'm going to own it. And I'm going to celebrate it for what it is. And for what it isn't. Number two, it connects us with the people that are also in the photos. These loved ones. These people that we have responsibility to tell their stories because they might not be able to. They might not remember. They might not get it yet. But if we look around at the teenagers and the, and the young adults, the young people right now that are experiencing major depression and anxiety, not knowing exactly where they belong because they don't fit in with their friends or they're not getting the likes or they're not really sure, then they dang well need to know where they belong and what their story is and from the beginning to the end and why it matters. And so that's that connection number two. Connection number three is the people that we will never meet that will get to know our stories, hmm. that will be influenced by that. And interestingly enough, on this in, in, in the world that we live, that is further reaching than I think you or I would have ever even speculated about I totally 21 agree. years ago. Totally agree with you. But there's somebody in the Philippines that knows my story and has been struggling with something the same and and something that I said might give some sort of comfort or relief or perspective. And um and so that connection between the connection with yourself, the connection with your family, the connection with the community, whatever that community is, so important to that well-rounded piece. And, and I think that it takes kind of all of those pieces to kind of help you connect then with, with God, with your purpose, with what you're here to do. And as we kind of can say, like I said, my life isn't perfect. I've had every pitfall that, that I'd never imagined. And my life isn't like yours. It's, like, it's only like mine. But even though we're not the same, we can connect and understand and appreciate. Um, and it's just, it's so important. And I think that you talk to a person like Becky who's like, tell your story in Project Life. And a person like me is like, tell your story however you want. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I don't care how you tell your story. I don't care either. There's a million ways. But it needs to be tangible. It needs to be done and in your hands. It needs to be something that you can yeah, that you can hold. And the reason that's so important is because when you can hold it, it becomes truth. And when there's a photo to back it up, it's real. And I cannot underestimate the importance of that. Some stories are harder to tell than other stories. But it doesn't mean that it's any less important or valid. Um, our children need to know. And in this world where everything's going way faster than it ever has. We benefit so much from the stories that each other has to tell. And, um, and I think that's what makes it worth it. 
you know, and so you, you asked me earlier before, you know, what, what makes this worth it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know, and I, a lot of people will say like, well, I'm so behind. And I just think that every little piece that you do is one more piece that you have. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, um. And like you said, it's one more piece of your truth because when you do do something, no matter what it looks like, no matter what the format is, no matter what it, you know, looks like in the end, it's a, it now becomes more of your truth and your story because you did something with it instead of it just being a passing moment, a passing experience. And, and we've talked so much about why documenting matters. You know, that it's a story that you and I both have lived for all these years too, is helping people to understand why documenting matters and I really appreciate that you specified the connections, the specific kind of connections that happen. <clears throat> you didn't even realize how organized you were with your bullet points. <laughs> Look at you. That was, that was a list. But like that first one, Heidi, I can't like when I, when I talk about that part of it with people, I can't, can't even like almost say the words the way I, I feel them because it's so overlooked and undervalued how much we connect with ourselves and who we are and what we're about and how valuable our life and our story is when we do something with the memories, with the pictures. We connect so on a such greater level and we become more aware of everything in our life, not just the blessings, but so much more aware of what we could or should be doing or what we didn't realize we were thankful for. Well, and I, I want to add just one more, one little thing, because as moms, there's a lot of things that we won't do for ourselves. Amen. You know, but if it's for our kids or for the neighbor we hardly even know. Right. <laughs> or the teacher or, you know, like there's a whole myriad of things that we won't do for ourselves because we just don't put ourselves on the to-do list right mm-hmm. Ooh, but the magic days for that the magic about the documentation is that even though maybe the motivation doesn't seem like it's for us we can tell ourselves or, or maybe we're thinking you know oh i got to get this book done for this child so you know because it's about them and i love them and i'm doing this for them the reality is that it blesses you. It blesses you with that time that you take to to unplug from whatever else you're doing, letting your creativity go, telling that story, letting, you know, I'll, I can geek out on all the neurotransmitters that calm your body, that allow you to process, that allow you to visit those memories and what that does chemically for your body. Um, it's for you. And you're, in the, in the words of, what, what is it, L'Oreal? You're worth it. You're yeah. worth it. <laughs> I love you, that. And it's real. It's yeah. like that really, really happens. And you've, you've added and shed light in a way that brings so much value, Heidi, on that topic that you know that I love talking about as well. But the way, and, and you know, if you, have an, if you ever have an opportunity to see Heidi speak 
in person about mm-hmm. anything really. But mm-hmm. on this topic that she and I have a shared passion for, don't miss the opportunity. Because if if you if you sit and listen and absorb the things that you share with all of your heart and not feel something, something is wrong with you. <laughs> you need to check yourself. You need to. We got to check in with my kids. We got to see what's wrong with them. <laughs> okay, I want to tie a bow on this conversation, and I have a okay. question to ask both of you. Okay. Okay. We've talked a lot about how you're both at like totally opposite ends of the spectrum. You're totally united in like your goal with the connection with documenting, but have two very different ways of going about it, both of which are amazing. Okay. Okay. So in life, in motherhood, in all the ways, it's so important, like we were talking about, to do us, right? To do you better than anyone else. So what is one thing or one one tip, one thing, one way, one word of wisdom, whatever of how people can do them the best, best they can. Hmm. No pressure. That's a good question. Why didn't you text me this question first so that I could be <laughs> I thinking about it? And now we're going to edit out four minutes of silence while we ponder. <laughs> Becky, you go first. Yeah. I will. I will. I'll go first. Becky, that's a great question. We're going to turn it right back on you when we're done. Fair? Okay. I like okay, that that's idea. Fair. Okay. Um, the, for, I'll just go with my instinct, my instinct response to that question. And that is that I believe that each of us, um, feels along the way of our journey and, you know, on our path, we feel these nudges, these promptings, call it whatever you want, but we feel these things and we're too good at ignoring. We're just too good at letting those be fleeting thoughts. And we brush them off and we think, ah, that's just, that's crazy. Like that's, I don't know that, I don't know if that's my truth. And so my answer would be if we got better about being more in tune with that, with that inner voice, with that, with those, those impressions that we feel and not ignoring when those nudges happen, I think that we'd all be better at, at our level of integrity and in being who we really should be at doing life the way we should be doing it. Yes. Yeah. How about you? Good answer. I think that my answer comes from what I've learned about myself in my own creative process is that when you try to know exactly what an outcome is, it's paralyzing. Oh my gosh. Totally. And, um, and I don't think that anybody's ever put it into words better than my friend Michelle, who owns Mavara, which is a shared experience Ooh, that we have. Totally. But the message at Mavara is to keep moving. Mm-hmm. And at Mavara, it's which is the fitness resort, um, that's about physical movement. And you know, when you're sore, you don't feel like it. Don't expect to feel super motivated when you're when you're down. And um, I think all of us can relate to just like wanting, maybe wanting someone to tell us what the outcome is or know exactly where we're going and and then maybe we would be willing to figure out how to get there. Um, There has never been a time that I stepped into my creative space and knew whatever I was making was going to look like in the end. Mm -hmm. There's never been a time that I knew what my booth was going to look like or what an invitation was going to look like. Like 
if I waited to know, I would, I would be, and, and it does, it paralyzes me mm-hmm. if I try to think of that way. I believe it's not trying to, to be like anybody else or do like anybody else or, or ha- have this perfection outcome in mind. Just do one thing at a time. We always have one small thing we can. And then comes this momentum. And for me, there's always resistance. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In starting anything. Resistance. And and I talk to the resistance. Like, <laughs> me we're too, not, We're not friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And you. Um, if I can just step over. And you guys, the resistance is not very tall. And if you can just step over that and into it, into the process of doing, and I don't, and it's not just a creative process, it's just doing anything. There is motivation in the movement. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think my one thing would just to be to start. Yeah. To move. I love that. I and, love that. And that's kind of um, what I would say too for myself is I think that doing you um, is never comfortable and, um, it always requires movement long before you're ready or comfortable or (laughs) know what the outcome, any of those things. And I think for me, one thing I had to really, um, learn in my adult life, I, I, I really love the, like, if I do a plus B, that equals C, right. And life is so not that way. It's not like if you're a, whatever you think a perfect mom is and you're going to have these perfect kids. That's just not how it is. And so I had to really, um, examine a, why I felt like I needed a gold star, like at the end of my day, Mm -hmm. every day. And I needed to figure out why I needed that. And I needed to stop needing that because I was looking for all these external validators or looking at like what a perfect mom was or what a perfect wife was or what a perfect businesswoman was because I wanted that gold star. I wanted that like good job. Right. And I had to get to a place where I stopped needing that. And when I stopped needing that from anything or anyone outside of myself, um, it changed everything because I no longer was afraid to not get the gold star. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, you when you have that forward, the forward motion, regardless of whether or not you're afraid, um, as you're in the process, things unfold. Right. And, and that's how I have found how to do me the best what a great question thanks for rounding out this entire conversation with something so she put us on the spot really good didn't she i knew i could do it with you too (laughs) holy cow we've taken this conversation in so many directions that i am sure (laughs) our listeners feel like they're on the beds with us because well what we did was we had the forward motion and let it unfold yeah and the way it was supposed to there you go serious this has been all over the place in the very best possible way. And I feel so grateful that we could align our stars logistically because yeah, that's yeah. not easy for, you know, busy women. Come on, ever. But Heidi and I, we can, we, we are lucky if our paths can actually cross where we see each other in the first place. But I feel really honored that we have a, an opportunity in this day and age to have microphones to have technology, to have social media, to have anything that allows us to share with one another. It's not about 
what I'm saying, what you're saying, it's about us connecting. It goes back to what you were saying about connection. That we get to be alive during a time where we get to feel connected to one another, sitting here in person, thousands of people listening in ways that we could have never known before. And I feel really honored that we get to do that and that we get to have spent this time with you, Heidi, and to talk about such meaningful and also entertaining (laughs) well I know we could just we could talk and talk and talk and talk and I guess that's you know that's 21 years there in that um a very a very parallel path and um in in a lot of ways and I think that what is really awesome about all pod you know the podcasting world is just that ability to to connect and feel like you're not quite alone, but you can do it while you're also doing your laundry. Totally. So you don't feel like you're... <laughs> yes. So having people listen to your right. podcast and tell you the things that they're doing, such as yeah. laundry, while they yeah. get to Yeah, well, that's to what you. I do while yeah. I'm, you know. Oh, so yeah. it's it's a wonderful, it's a good thing. It is. And we didn't emphasize enough. So on our way out, I want to make sure you guys understand that Heidi co-hosts a podcast called Light the Fight with her... Gosh, I mean, we could talk about that for days, but I feel like David who co-hosts the podcast with you is my therapist (laughs) because of the value that I feel in listening to the two of you have dialogue. I mean, you can explain it better than me, but listen to light the fight podcast and you will see the roles. Heidi is the mom. Heidi is the, the woman who, who will never pretend or claim that she's got it all figured out. And so she's this, she's, she's just not pretending on anything and so she's this representing the very <laughs> real little, you're the every little, woman the every yeah, mom woman. who feels like Becky, why wait a minute singing? why, are you why didn't whitney houston right? right now oh it is whitney houston right i'm every woman come on yes okay anyway it she'll is. sing to us later but um, yeah, and then david is in real life is a, is a, he's a licensed therapist a licensed therapist for yeah heidi she he was for Corey. Um, he probably is for your whole family and, a, and has become, in my my impression, is a very dear friend. Mm-hmm. And that now he's na- Becky's therapist as well. Now he's my therapist. Now he's <laughs> everybody's now. therapist. Yeah. I need to give the man a big squeeze because well, I really I, just I, love him. I am very thankful for him because yeah. um, he is very generous mm-hmm. with his time and with his um, knowledge. Yeah. He's and, so smart. And he does it because there are so many people that need this information. Yeah, they do. And you need to listen um, to like the fight. You know, I'm not, it's hard for me to be like, this is so good. Why not? Because say it. It's it is so it. good. We say it. We'll um, say it for you. We and, say it all the so, time. And so like, especially because when, when we talk about the level of authenticity, it's pretty uncomfortably high. Yeah. yeah. Um, sure is. But I go back and listen to it and learn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because none of the topics are very easy. And so um, they kind of require like you can you can learn 50% and then you go back and then there's still yeah, there's 50% still more. To, totally to learn because it's hard to, to take it all in. But I can't wait um, to listen to this one back. Right. 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 With David. But I really right. that. Yes, with David, of course. <laughs> um, anyway, so thank you for that. And um and people who come to light the fight, um, I do recommend that you start at the beginning. I agree. And um, our beginning episodes were were rough, but it's definitely a foundational um, thing. Totally. And the first 
five to ten episodes are very foundational into what we always talk about. So it's mm. good to listen to those. And then awesome. speaking on um, on that and one last little thing, I just want to make sure that people understand this about like where you are and what your current projects are because you haven't mentioned this, I don't think re- really, but you also have a video-based podcast called oh, Swap. Yeah, yeah. Swap. Oh, by the way, right? Like that other thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a new project Well, I'm for still you. tweaking it and yeah. it is so fun. And my kids are like, Mom, a video podcast is called a vlog. <laughs> but it's not a vlog. No, it's it's a really vlog. a video podcast. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, And I have brought women who are business owners, moms, but also um, it, so that they're entrepreneurs, so they're busy, but they probably aren't crafters. Right. And um, even though they take lots of photos and they have lots of stories to tell, yeah, they're not they're not really doing that that. It's not their um, their main thing, mm-hmm. and so um, I actually use them as a muse and create a project that is just specifically for them, and then share that. the share those projects. It's such a fun concept. It's so fun. It's refreshing. It's different, and it's very Heidi. It's very very Heidi. So <laughs> if you already love Heidi, you've already probably seen. Well, the book, and it's but... it's in its infancy, so it's it's going to evolve. I love the infancy stage. Of but absolutely like I said, <laughs> if I sat and stressed out about it, exactly right. what it looked like, then you I would, would never, never do it. No, and you so would never do it. You just have to start. Right. You just hit the table. I B minus. To the table. Right. No hitting the table. <laughs> no gold star for you today. <laughs> the Dang one it. thing I asked you to do. All the way, but oh. it was so close to the end. Oh edit gosh. it out. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> oh heck no. We don't edit things out. I love it so much. Heidi, I love you. I love I'm you. I'm so glad that we've had this time together. I'm so glad for the nuggets of wisdom that you've shared. And you and I both know that people will pull from this conversation all the things that they are supposed to feel and and think about and process that you and I would never know. And yeah. that's the beautiful thing about being able to do this. So. Yeah. Well, thanks, you guys. You guys are working really hard. You're doing a good job. Thank you. And, um, and I'm impressed. So keep doing it. Thanks, friend. All right, you guys, we will be with you next week. See you later. I wish we were in my master closet where sometimes we record because then Heidi would feel feel so good. good. I should clean my closet. That's what I want for my birthday. I refuse to clean my closet until I have um, a way to even make sense of it and organize it. And I don't want to spend money on that right now. So I'm just going to live in disorganization. This is a choice. I'm, that's my adjacent Until possible I come right and uh, do a makeover on your closet. Basically, what I'm waiting for is for her to come and surprise me with a closet makeover. Would you be okay if I did that, actually? Are you out of your mind? No, I all mean, day like, long. that would mean would, that all you would have no control over... There are things I want to control. I could not care less. Nothing, honestly, in my life feels better than my closet being clean. Really? I don't... Here's the problem, Heidi. Heidi, I don't know that I've ever experienced that feeling, so maybe it's something I have yet to like. I'm just saying, you get to the end of your rope. <sighs>